Welcome to Before Breakfast, a production of iHeartRadio. Good morning. This is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. Today's tip is to know what you're there for. Here's what I mean. Right now, with the world in lockdown and everyone engaged in social distancing, people are starved for any sort of get-together. But in normal times, we often wind up with engagements that are not intrinsically satisfying, but that connect at a deeper level to what we value. And sometimes this is obvious. I doubt anyone goes to an elementary school orchestra concert for the music. We know we're there to support our kids and to connect with them as they do something they've worked hard to achieve. These are good enough reasons, and so we're not agitated when the violas and the violins appear to be playing different pieces. Sometimes, though, when we need to show up, it can take concerted effort to find or create a why to motivate the forced performance. We have to figure out what we're there for. If we do, though, we can feel far more effective and happier about this use of time. Take a forced family performance. Perhaps in normal times, your extended family would host an annual Easter egg hunt at your aunt's house. Now, this made sense when the kids were six years old, but now that they are all teenagers, there's a lot of whining about why exactly they have to hunt in her bushes for plastic eggs with candy that no one likes anyway. This is when you need to get real about why you're actually there. It's not because the Easter egg hunt will be fun for the children. It won't be. You're there because your aunt really loves the Easter egg hunt, and you really love your aunt. You tell yourself and you tell your kids that the main reason you're there is to give your aunt joy. With that clarified, people can perform their roles with far more gusto. Next year, when the Easter egg hunt is back on, don't be surprised if one of your teens gushes over your aunt's Easter egg decorations and another feigns ignorance that your aunt has hidden an egg in the watering can yet again. In actions and words and facial expressions, everyone's main aim is to give your aunt joy. It doesn't matter that it would be more fun for most people if everyone just got together for a meal. That isn't the point. Your aunt's joy is the point. So ensure that and let everything else go. As you might imagine, work offers plenty of opportunities to reframe things that we would rather not do. Take meetings. People find meetings inefficient, demoralizing, boring, fill in the blank with your biggest gripe. We're seeing now in these days of social distancing that a lot of meetings that people claimed could have been emails actually could have been emails. But no doubt when people return to their workplaces, there will still be boring meetings. You will still have to keep showing up. So if you're not going to quit, you can massively boost your happiness by coming up with a more attractive reason to keep attending beyond your general aversion to getting fired. Maybe your office has regular town hall meetings where you get updates from different departments. You find these town halls superficial, and they are. But why not look beyond the superficial goal of receiving information and reframe the town hall meetings as a chance to catch up with your colleagues? If this is your goal, you can arrive early, place yourself by the door, and chat with everyone you know as they file in. You choose a seat near someone you haven't spoken with in a while and use the breaks between presentations to ask about life. Now you've connected, and now you feel good. This wasn't wasted time at all. For people who are task-oriented, this explicit reframing from tasks to relationships can be especially important. That's because the world features a lot of inefficiencies. 
Maybe you have business with the neighborhood association that requires your presence. But the meetings appear to be organized by someone with all the time in the world. Rather than lament spending three hours trying to solve what should be a very minor issue, you can ask yourself if it's worth it to you to spend three hours building much stronger relationships with your neighbors. It very much will be when the neighbor who knows you well knows that the strange truck parked in front of your house while you're on vacation should not be there. By viewing the relationship goal as primary, you satisfy yourself that you've spent your time well. Getting approval to build that shed is just icing on the cake. When you feel you have to do something that you're not excited about, see if you can come up with a different purpose that does serve your goals or gets at your deeper values. It's easy to spend time analyzing what's wrong with an activity and feeling grouchy about having to participate. But it's more productive and less aggravating to know what you're there for at a deeper level and to keep focused on that goal. In the meantime, this is Laura. Thanks for listening. And here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me your tips, your questions, or anything else. Just connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Before Breakfast Pod. That's B-E, the number four, then breakfast, P-O-D. You can also shoot me an email at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. That before breakfast is spelled out with all the letters. Thanks so much. I look forward to staying in touch. Before Breakfast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.